Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen. He's swagging you. Number 24 in Pittsburgh Steelers scout, Ike Taylor, IT. It's a victory Tuesday morning. Taking care of business against the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. It's good to see your face this morning, my man. Man, it's, it's always good when you beat the Browns. You know, um, I'm sure the city of Pittsburgh is happy. That's usually what it is, Mark. When they get that W in Pittsburgh, it's a great atmosphere. Everybody in a good mood. Do you want me to go glass half full or glass half empty, Ike? Because I'm ready to go either way. We have an absolutely loaded episode of the Believe in Steelers show. Mark, you can go either way you want. Go on with you. All right. I'm feeling good this morning. I'll go glass half full. And we'll start with the defense. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith propelling the Steelers to a victory in this game. Because you see the 26-22 to 22 finish, Ike. And you say, oh, the offense must have performed. <laughs> no, no, no. Alex Highsmith, first play of the game, capitalizing on some Minka magic too, because Minka Fitzpatrick would have had the interception. It gets broken up, and Alex Highsmith, right place, right time, and you know what to do with the football in his hands. Seriously, considering where it's like, could the Steelers use him on offense? But he takes it to the house. And then a strip sack fumble with TJ Watt, where it's like, look, let's have two of our edge rushers race to the quarterback. What a great problem that have to have with that. Those two splash plays, Ike, putting up two touchdowns, so 14 points after the PATs. To me, that was the difference on Monday night. T.J. Watt, um, former defensive player of the year. I mean, what more can you say? $100 million man, Alex Hosmith, 60-something million man. What else can you say? You pay those two to show up in big games or just be consistent? And this is exactly what you get to get two touchdowns in the game coming off of Highsmith, one of your highest paid players on defense and coming off of TJ, one of your most consistent players, um, better, let alone probably one of the best players in the NFL, regardless on what position. What else can you say, Mark, but TJ, TJ really don't get the credit he deserves in my mind, Mark, uh, playing less and doing more, you know, to get – 81 and a half sacks in in 89 games says a lot. Um, look at everybody else and look at their stats um, from the former defensive player of the years and what they got to go through and how many games they got to play. Then look at T.J. Watt. You know, T.J. Watt, Watt not only stops the run, he sack calls fumbles. And by the, end, by the end of the day, he get interceptions as well. So you got a really a one-man record crew. And then you got a young Alex Hossman who's coming into his own, Mark. Uh, making plays, and when you got a T.J. White, things just contagious in that uh, outside linebacker room, and that's making plays. And we see Alex Hosmer making plays as well. A few things here, Ike. Watt now the all-time leader in Correct. the Steelers with the franchise at 28 years old, and he's not rushing the passer on every play. You've pointed this out to me in the way that the Steelers run their defense with their edge rushers as outside linebackers. We saw it with Highsmith in coverage too. What would those numbers be if he were to say he's actually a defensive end? And look, I know he's rushing the quarterback on most plays, but I saw both Watt and Highsmith drop into coverage last night. And then even when he broke Michael Strahan's single season sack record, Ike, yeah, that he season, that. he played only 15 games and there were five yeah, games where he played 50%. 
of the snaps or fewer. And he still broke the record. And he led the league in tackles for a loss that year. So he's not just selling out to rush the passer, right? Get out of my head. You took the thoughts out my mind, what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> so you said exactly what I wanted to say just now, Mark. Um, Coach T called TJ uh, an alien. And I called George Pickens an alien. We'll get to him later on in the show mm-hmm. as well. But when you got a guy like that on defense, when you got a guy like that on offense, man, it says something special. One, not only you're drafting, but how special those dudes are. But we're going to stay on TJ, TJ Watt. To have less and do more says a lot consistently. And to damn near break the sack record playing less games says a lot about TJ Watt. I mean, when we talk about TJ, man, it's like, I'm talking about him as he's underrated. I feel like that's how the world look at T.J. Watt, unless you're a Stiller fan. But mm-hmm. other than Stiller fans, man, we got to start talking about T.J. Watt and exactly what he does, how important he is, and how valuable he is. But not only that, how clutch and the plays he make every time he steps onto the field. The ball just seems to be around him every time. Like a magnet, Ike. Correct. Like a magnet. In all seriousness, though, that was the edge that I thought that the Steelers had coming into this game because you knew Watt going up against the rookie Dewan Jones making his first career start, Jack Conklin out for the Browns, that that was a matchup that the Steelers would need to take advantage of. And certainly they did that on a night where from the very first play too, like I know the crowd was really energized uh, off Highsmith's pick six but you could see that the fans were there. And I thought that that was a huge difference. The fans at Acrosore and the energy that they provided in the victory. The interception for a touchdown set the tone by Alex Highsmith. And once the fans got into it, it was like lights out. They didn't calm down at all. To see Pittsburgh win 21 straight home Monday night game says a lot about Coach T, the organization, and how how in big moments and big games they play big in the regular season. So, but we feed off each other. Um, I played um, at the time it was Heinz Field. So I played at Heinz Field uh, in playoff games and it's a different kind of atmosphere. I, I told, I tell this story all the time, Mark. Like when you walk, when I walked out my front door going into the games, it felt like the city was gothic. It felt like it was doomsday, doomsday for the opposing team. And that's just the energy we felt. So, it felt like it felt like Batman during the regular season, and by the time we got to the playoff, Jokers came out, and that's exactly how you want to play during during the playoff time. But if you just you you could tell that popped off off the TV, Mark, the energy, the terrible towels, yes, and 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 that defense and the team fed off of that. So that's always a good thing, fans. I'm gonna let y'all know right now: the more energy y'all give Pittsburgh, that goes from your mouth all the way onto the field. If we saw that on television, I I can't even imagine what can't it would have been like to be there. Can't even imagine. It, it, it looked like a playoff atmosphere. But that's that's how it is, Mark. When you play a divisional opponent and, and you understand the magnitude of, 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 of winning divisional games, that's how the atmosphere is at Pittsburgh, Mark. Because when you draft, you draft to draft guys who are going to beat, who you want to beat your divisional rivalry so that's that's just what it is so it it not only starts uh on the field it starts in their front office and when you're thinking about drafting you're thinking about drafting your division because your record can be okay but if you sweep your division you got the first slot in the playoffs 
Yes, Ike. One final thought about the edge rushers, and we will move on to other facets of the game. I like that the Steelers mixed in Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig. And I look at what the team did overall defensively. Six sacks, four forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, the two touchdowns, and then the interception, Ike. Relentless pursuit of the football. Marcus Golden had a sack. Herbig drew a penalty on... Deshaun Watson, and I'm looking on my Twitter feed last night, and they're like, oh, Watson's a dirty player. No, 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 no. He's running for his life because it is a race to the quarterback with this Steelers defense. But my point being, Golden and Herbig off the edge, able to come in and contribute as well. They're fresh. They keep Watt and Highsmith fresh. And to get all those players in the mix to say, we don't have to rely on T.J. Watt's magic, his wizardry play after play after play after play after play, he can catch a breather. And then when you really need him to make plays later on in the game, my point being it's a team sport and it's nice to see that the Steelers have depth at that position. So Mark, you got to look at it like this. And we talked about this last week on the show, Cam being out, we want to see the young guys step up. And the same young guys you named between Herbert and and Golden, they stepped up in the preseason. All, All Herbert did in the preseason was make plays after plays after plays. If you didn't know, I know he has a brother over there on the offensive side, but you thought T.J. Watt was his brother, the way he was playing in the preseason. Yeah. So what do you do when it comes down to the regular season and you need a break between Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt? You put Herbert in the game. and When you put Herbert in the game, it's damn near the same result. So that's the, that's the beautiful thing about having depth, not only at that defensive line, but the outside linebacker position, especially when you want to put pressure on that quarterback. We'll take a quick break to tell our listeners and viewers about betonline.ag. NFL Week 3 is almost here. We're almost to Thursday already. And the Steelers playing the Raiders in Week 3 later on Sunday during the weekend. If you have a bet on any of the football action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 24-7-365, regardless on the sport, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. You can see our promo code on your screen right now. That's BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ike, before we get into the Steelers offense, I do want to discuss Nick Chubb's injury. Right. As soon as I saw it, to me, it was like there's no way a player is going to be able to come back in the same season because knees just aren't meant to bend that way. And it's a real shame because if the Steelers are going to beat the Browns from the fan perspective, I want to beat them straight up. And so I hope he can get back from his injury as quickly as possible because he, in my opinion, has been the NFL's best running back for like the last year or two, or at least in that conversation of top two, top three guys. And even in this game, Ike, before he got hurt, this is just my opinion. Had he not gotten hurt, I don't think the Steelers win last night. I think he was really moving the football and what he brings to this Browns offense. Uh, I just hope he can, he can get back on a playing field carrying the football because yes, he is a Cleveland Brown, but he's as good as a back as there is in this league. One of my favorite running backs in the NFL. So when you, I remember Vince Williams and we all know how Vince Williams played Mm -hmm. the uh, linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming out of Florida state. When he played, it was, it was, it was all violence. And for him, for Vince to say, Nick Chubbs is one of the hardest and toughest guys to bring down, says a lot. And truly, that's when I became a fan because I know the mentality of Vince Williams uh, 
on the way he played. But Nick Chubb's always been like super low key, Mr. Consistent. You catch him in the offseason, he's squatting damn near a thousand pounds, right? So to see to see one of those guys, see one of those guys, uh, one of my one of my fan favorites, get hurt, man. It sucks, but it's just a part of the game. But hopefully Nick will get well soon, get back to what he was doing. And I agree with you. The way Nick was running last night, man, it was going to be a long night for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But injuries do happen. Yeah, Jerome Ford looked good, uh, and he had he the did. he did. Had the run, the long run, uh, reversing field and coming out the backfield is too, Mark. He had some wiggle, and I'll say this yeah. too. And some people might say, Oh, too soon, too soon. Remember, Kareem Hunt's still a free agent, so I could easily see the Browns saying, Hey, Kareem, we need your services again. You know, our system, you're familiar with our coaching staff. People might be saying too soon, Ike, but that was the first thing that came to my mind because once I saw that injury with Chubb. I'm no doctor, but again, these are not meant to be right. been that way. Hey, Mark. I mean, they had a one-two punch last year between Nick and Kareem. So Kareem's still out there in the free agency, man. They wind up getting Kareem. It'll be back to the old same. We we bringing the band back itself for now. You have some kind of insurance. So Ford already know. We already see what he doing last night. He displayed coming out of the backfield and running the ball. We already know what Kareem Hunt is. He's just a football player, whether you want to run the ball with him or whether you want him to catch the ball too. So, I mean, you definitely just hit it on the head, Mark. If they get Kareem Hunt, uh, you're the first to say it. No, I said it on Twitter last night too. And I mean, like even my dad was texting me this too, Ike, and it's it's really the unfortunate thing. And again, that's not to underscore what happened to Chubb and everything, but you've got to figure out what it is that you're going to do for a Browns team that has aspirations. I thought defensively, the Browns looked a lot better than they have in previous seasons too, Ike. So um, the ground game, I mean, I honestly thought whichever team would establish the ground game would win. The Steelers were fortunate in that regard uh, because offensively, they couldn't really run the ball all that well, Ike. And let's go there too, because... Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, which running back was more effective? Last night, to me, it was Jalen Warren. I know he had uh, a missed blitz pickup in the game on a key third down, forces the Steelers to punt. Um, But the play to me that really stuck out, Ike, people might want to focus on George Pickens' 71-yard touchdown, and it was a great run and catch. That play is not possible, if not for on a third and 10, on a check down to Jalen Warren, He's got two or three defenders to try to avoid to get the first down. He's able to wiggle, fight, claw, scrape for a first down. And it keeps the drive going. It keeps the offense on the field. And it sets up George Pickens' long touchdown pass. That play is not possible if not for Jalen Warren's effort in this game. And just what my own two eyes are telling me, Jalen Warren was the better back last night. Undrafted still for the Pittsburgh Steelers and getting Jalen Warren. So... You, you, you get a guy with the same kind of qualities, power, speed, and running as Najee, but you get a guy who might have a little bit more wiggle than Najee. Najee is a power back. So when you get a guy like Jalen, um, just, just for our front office to get a steal like Jalen and see how hard and what he does, and every time he steps on the field, something magical happens. We, can't, we cannot dismiss when Jalen on the field whether he's getting third and longs or whether he's scoring touchdowns or whether you're just looking for a spark, Jalen has to start becoming um, in these conversations, Mark. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this too. Uh, 
a lot of people are, are ripping on Najee Harris as a team. Right. Steelers, 21 rushes, 55 yards. That's not going to cut it. No, it's, because it's your time of pose- your time of possession is going to hamstring your defense, regardless of how strong your defense is. And so, like, even on Najee Harris's long run, and I thought that at the start of the second half, when Warren was the back that was out there getting carries, I think Najee ran angry when he got back in the game and he got touches again. But even on his 21-yard rush, Ike, where he was giving the Browns a taste of their own medicine, reversing field, reversing course on the 21-yard gain, the line is not getting the push that it needs to. I thought the Browns set the edge much better than the the Steelers could establish in this game. And for this reason, I think we're going to see Broderick Jones sooner rather than later. I really do because you get by the Raiders with Max Crosby, who can cause problems regardless of where he's lined up on the field. You need this offensive line to improve and to get better. It's a young offensive line. But we see Chooks Okorafor in the first quarter have two false start penalties. And it's like, and look, Miles Garrett was ultimately neutralized. I think the Steelers game plan for him. I thought they gave Dan Moore Jr. help at times because you have to know where he's at on the field. He can absolutely wreck a game. I understand all of that. But the Steelers try and end rounds, and and they just could not get the edge against the Browns, period. So it's like you got to try something else. I don't think that all falls on Najee. And at the same time with Najee, there's not that like second or third gear. Like to me, it just seems that like when he's in the open field, I understand he's a bruiser. I understand he's not a scat back. But it's like when you're driving a car and you want to gear up to go faster, and it's just like – I don't know if he has the ability to do that, Ike. And that's just what my own two eyes are telling me. Like I said, last night I thought Jalen Warren was the better back. And that it's also conceding the fact that Jalen Warren missed a blitz pickup to where if he doesn't do that, Kenny Pickett's going to get killed back there too. So you got to look at it like this. So if you look at it, really all your Hall of Fame running backs, it really wasn't the second gear. All your Hall of Fame, your Emmitt Smiths, your your, your uh, soon-to-be, who, who he did have a second gear, um, Fred T, Danian Thomason, them, them guys, they they had a gear, but it wasn't a gear like that. We call them chain movers, you know? So they consistently give you three and four yards, maybe five. They big runs might be 20, 21, 15 yards. If it's a wide open field, they'll wind up taking it to the house. But if you look at the longevity of big backs and fastbacks, big backs always last longer than fastbacks. So no, there really isn't a need and there won't be a need for Najee to have a second gear. That's what I was saying earlier with Jalen. Jalen has more of a burst than Najee. But far as like longevity wise, those kind of guys, them Najee Harris guys, them big bruising backs, them Jerome Bettis guys, them guys ain't really got a burst burst. Once they hit a gear, they gonna stay in the gear. They top gear is fourth gear. They're going to stay in fourth gear. Don't worry about five or six. It'll never happen. So you got to understand, though, dealing with that, they're going to forever be chain movers, and they're going to forever move the chain. And they personality guys. Them guys, when you see, when you need a spark. See, Jalen Warren's spark is different with the burst and electricity. 
Yeah, and I Najee, 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 Najee Harris spark is a little bit different. It's a tough, rough spark. It's a bar fight kind of spark. It's a step on you spark. It's a run run you over spark. So yeah. the aggressiveness of these two is a little bit different. You got an electric guy in Jalen Warren, and you got, you know what? Our team is down right now. Oh, oh, snap. By the way, did you see uh Najee just stiff arm and run somebody over? That gets the sideline excited just as well as Jalen. Running, not running, but being electric, that gets the sideline um, excited as well. So it's two different personalities, but both of them, if you in need, get the sideline excited, Mark. Ten carries for Najee, 43 yards, most of them coming on that 21-yard rush. Jalen Warren, six carries for 20 yards. So he actually had fewer rushing yards, but he had four catches, 66 yards out of the backfield, Ike. So I'd like to see the Steelers continue to utilize them both, but this is the portion of the program, Ike, where we've got to talk about the struggles of the offense because – 12 points isn't going to cut it. The total yardage of the team, I'm pulling up the team stats right now as my computer loads, 255 yards, like that, that's not going to cut it. Right. To me, the third and one play where you're run, towards the end of the game, you're in a shotgun formation and you run like a quarterback read option play. That's not Kenny Pickett's skill set. That's not his strength. He's not Lamar. He's not Anthony right. Richardson. He's not... Justin Fields, I don't understand to where that's the play that you call on a key third and third and one, or to say, hey, we're going to try an end rounds, uh, or we're going to try plays that are kind of, I'll be honest with you, more high risk, and you set your team back on second and long and third and long, and you make those conversions more difficult. When I see people on Twitter, and I saw this stat from Warren Sharp, Ike, and he's very astute in his analysis, but he's picking this up as someone watching the game on Twitter. Steelers have gone for 53% run on first and 10 or second and eight plus. They're running into loaded boxes on 54% of those plays. The running backs on those downs because of that are not set up for success. 12 rushes, 3.8 yards per carry, negative EPA, and only a 33% success rate. If someone on Twitter is picking this up, Ike, I'm looking at this from the standpoint of what isn't a defensive coordinator thinking, someone who scouted the Steelers for an entire week in advance of the game. And that's just where that's where I'm at with it. It, It's very, very frustrating. 12 points in this game, only seven in the opener against the 49ers. It's got to get better and it's got to get better quick, Ike. And that's just my it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. My opinion, uh, Kenny Pickett is a play action pass quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, uh, off of your personnel, you got two two good tight ends between Pat and Darnell, right? So we go 12 personnel. 12 personnel is one back, two tight ends, right? And regardless on if they want to know that you're running the ball, we about to set the tone for the game. So, yes, I'm about to run right. I'm about to tell you I'm about to run right, but stop me <laughs> if you think you can stop me. And you can't. So just, just my personal opinion, um, you play action pass, Kenny. Um, and the reason why I say you play action pass, Kenny, is because uh, Deontay Johnson is out. You got A. A.R. Allen Robinson in. He's a big, he's a big receiver, six something, two hundred something change. He can block. You have uh, George Pickens, um, who is as gifted as any other receiver. When it comes down to catching the ball, and guess what he likes to do? He likes to block. So when you have that person personality um, on the outside, because usually receivers. They shy away from blocking. So when you have that personality on the outside, I guess exactly what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to have my two tights, and I'm going to have my two wide receivers, my big wide receivers. Who don't mind blocking? Not saying they want to, but they don't mind blocking. And I'm going to use my bruiser, and I'm going to set the tone. And I'm going to set the tone from, from the first snap. So, yes, I agree with you to a certain point. Then on third down, I put little Jalen up in there for the electricity. You know, and tell Jalen the only way he's going to stay on third downs is if he pick up these blitzes. If not, I'm going to bounce his butt outside and make him catch a screen pass or come out from the flats. It's going to be one to two. So, yes, Pittsburgh on the other side, on the flip side, on the offensive side, Mark, they definitely got to get their act together and not being so predictable. But if you are that predictable, I'm going to beat you with my personnel. And my personnel says play action pass and run the ball. Where are your schematic advantages? And that's at the tight end position because you've got Fryermuth, who was only targeted once in this game tonight. I, I was trying to figure out why. I don't know if he's dealing with some sort of injury to where they don't want to further aggravate it, but he has been a combat catcher, someone who can make plays in the passing game. Why he's only getting one target. Ike, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be very frank and very blunt. That makes no sense to me. And then, okay, if you're struggling to set the edge against an improved bronze defense, who would help with that but Darnell Washington in trying to control the line of scrimmage? So you want to, people want to point to Najee Harrison. Look, he's part of it. Everyone's to blame though, Ike. And when the line isn't getting the push that it needs, this was something that was supposed to be addressed. We Isaac Sayamalu came in. This is why I think potentially we're going to see Broderick Jones sooner rather than later because you want to point to Kenny Pickett and the struggles of the passing game and the play calling with Matt Canada. If you're not getting the push up front that you need, it's a line of scrimmage game. Ike too. that to me was very evident last night. But at the same time, you got to look at it like this. So you play uh, a almost Super Bowl caliber team in San Fran. We all know what their know. defense is. I know. They're probably one of the top, either one or two, depending on who you talk to when it comes down on the defensive side. Right. And then, because they got number all pros from the defensive line, linebackers to the safety. They got all pros sitting back down. Then you look at the Cleveland Browns defense. Cleveland Browns have been so bad for so long, got so many first round draft picks <laughs> on the defensive side. And now they're playing like first round draft picks. So that is a stiff and tough defensive Brown team. So to, to, to the offensive coordinator, to Kenny's defense. Now, if you want to talk about what was going on last year and carrying it over, I get exactly everything you're saying, Mark. But to the offense coordinator's defense, the, the first two, the first two defenses have been some very good defenses in 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 the schedule of Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. The Browns, Miles Garrett again, he I thought he was neutralized. I didn't think he right. had a huge impact. There were several plays where he's causing pressure off the edge, but I thought they did a good job there. Uh, Denzel Ward, as good as a corner as, as there is in the league, I can right. I know he had right. an injury. Uh, but the Browns bring over Jim Schwartz to take over for Joe Woods because the defense wasn't getting it done. And the knock on the Browns in previous seasons were their defensive tackle. You could run right up the middle on them. And so it's like, yeah, they've got Miles Garrett. A year ago, they had Davian Clowney. You didn't even have to worry about those guys off the edge because you could get to this Browns defense through the middle. And that, to me, was a big improvement from what I saw last Huge night. And a Browns, a Browns team that also beat the Bengals in the season opener as well and beat the Bengals badly. So we'll see how the Browns recoup now that Chubb's going to miss the remainder of the year as well. 
Uh, but I thought the defense was very much improved with uh, with Cleveland. But Ike, the, the Steelers offense, it's Kenny Pickett, 15 to 30, 222 yards, a touchdown, an interception, two sacks. But again, when that onus falls on him, because 21 rushes for 55 yards, the Steelers were lucky to get by last night in all seriousness. And the offense, it just has to get better. And I want to see that 400-yard game sooner rather than later this season. I understand that you probably weren't going to do it against the 49ers. Again, Browns have a lot of first-rounders, too. I'm with you there, Ike. But in the coming weeks, that's something to where the best teams are able to have multiple styles of play to beat you in a variety of ways. And I don't want the onus to fall on the defense to bail you out time and time and time again. And I credit, again, Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt last night, uh, for the victory because again you see 26 points and it's like 14 of those came from the defense I, I mean the onus is gonna have to fall on defense your your <laughs> your pocket your pocketbook off of the highest paid players are on what side of the ball it's on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball so right now they're gonna have to play like their pocket uh shows and that's exactly what they're doing so for for the the for now that's what you have to depend on. You got to depend on your defense. I don't. I don't want a 400 yard game for for Kenny Pickett. I don't think Kenny Pickett right now is ready for the 400 yard game. I think Kenny Pickett, like I was saying earlier, Mark, is a play action pass between 25 and 30 passes a game. Um, I think the offense. I think this person personnel. Just my personal opinion is built to run the ball. And who cares if it's ugly? Nobody cares about. As a player, you don't care how the win looks. As a fan, you care about the style and how wins look. We get paid by the wins. We don't care about how we win, whether it's ugly or pretty. But right now, I think Kenny is 25 to 30 max when it comes down to passing the ball. Unless some games you just got just to gotta air it out. But at the same time, you got to understand your personnel. Just my personal opinion, if I was looking at the personnel and the offensive side, the offensive side and that playbook says play action pass. Yeah, but 2.6 yards per carry. We'll, we'll see in the coming weeks. In all honesty, you always say, let's see where we're at at the quarter. So you got the Raiders in week three. Curious to see what they do there. And then looking at the Steelers' schedule just ahead. So you got the Raiders, the Texans. You should take care of business against Houston, a young team there with the first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback. And then the Ravens in week five. So looking that's, ahead. That's four, that's four AFC games. So when you want to look at the big picture, you take care of these four, which you just named. You took care of Cleveland, divisional opponent. You got the Raiders, their AFC. You got Houston, their AFC. And you got the Ravens coming in town, another AFC divisional opponent. You take care of these AFC uh, games in the long run, regardless on what the score is. It can be 10-7. In the long run, you setting yourself up for success when it comes down to the playoff picture because that's what they look at. Okay, you didn't you didn't become the first in your division you second or third in your division, but what your AFC record looks like. And if your AFC record is looking better than a lot of the other uh, AFC teams, you give yourself a shot to get in the tournament. Ike, I thought it was huge winning last night because you start out 0-2, really, really hard to make the playoffs. So they get the win. Uh, Special teams, the last thing we'll talk about, Ike. Gunnar Osheski, I'm going to be honest with you on that first kickoff return. Right. I have absolutely no idea what he was doing. I have absolutely no clue. And I like, I like Gunnar. I like Gunnar. I, th- I, think, I think Gunnar just had a brain for it. 
to to be honest with you. What you what you doing that play? Because I played I played special teams. I started on special teams. I was a kickoff returner. You put one foot in, one foot out, and that makes the ref throw the flag. So on the sideline, mm. when you put one foot in, one foot out, flag flag comes out. Either they got to re-kick it or they put the ball on a thirty or thirty-five yard line, if I'm correct. But yeah, that's what you do in that moment. You stick one foot in, one foot out, and make the referees decide. So. So that extends the sideline, Ike? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, See, you knew what to do on that play. I know they put in the new rule as of this season where right. you can fair catch it as well and get it at the 25-yard line. Right. So I was saying if you're concerned that the ball might bounce inbounds because it was close and you don't want the kickoffer team to return the – you don't want them to recover the kick uh, – you could at least fair catch it if that was a concern of his, but the Steelers were very fortunate because then Pickett throws the interception to Grant Delpit. Delpit was everywhere for the Browns last night, yes. too, by the way. Uh, but the Steelers' defense holds, and the Browns fail to take advantage, missing a 43-yard field goal. Special teams are huge. That play, the Browns should have taken advantage. And then on the flip side of that, too, um, one final thing with with uh, Gunner. I'm fine with Calvin Austin the third handling return responsibilities. Yeah. I think he's demonstrated the ability to do that. He, he start, he's, 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 starting to, he's starting to be aggressive on his on his punt catches. Like he's not fair catching. And when you get when you get a when you get a guy like Calvin Austin the third who's being aggressive and not really worrying about fair catching, mm-hmm. it's scary, Mark. And when I saw that last night. Cause the guy was right in front of his face on one of the punts, and he didn't he didn't flinch at all. So we know, um, as a former player, when you get a guy aggressive like that, the only thing he thinking is scoring. He all all he thinking is I get past one, I got action. Yeah, and he had a catch against Denzel Ward. He only had one catch on four targets, but right. not being afraid of Denzel Ward as good as corner is in the league. Like you yeah. like to see that he from ball, what essentially is his rookie year. Yeah, hey Mark. You, I mean, we hit it on the head, Mark, between Denzel and Del Pitt, uh, uh, Miles. We talking about first round draft picks. Well, Del Pitt would have been if not for injuries. That guy was a stud at LSU, Ike. Yeah, stud, stud. He he was the next one up off of the injury. If it wasn't for the injury, but now he's playing like yeah. how we thought yeah. he should have been playing a while ago. Denzel Ward, like you say, you can put him in the mix for being one of the best at his position. Mm-hmm. And Miles just Miles. He he get drug tested every week off of the plays he make in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I think if he flexes like the NFL will say, hey, we need to drug we test. We need to see we need to see you on Tuesday. Yeah. Every time he flex, <laughs> every time he flexing, he roll up his sleeve. The next day, NFL say, Man, we need to see you on Tuesday. Whether they're knocking at his door, whether they're coming to the facility. Amazing, Ike. Uh Presley Harvin the third, too, Ike. Oh, inside the five. Huge. Oh, now. Ball. Presley ball the hell out, Mark. I'm talking about dropping that thing in a bucket from his leg. <laughs> I mean, with hang time and distance, man, you know how the quarterbacks, they be throwing the ball, oh, they throw the ball in the bucket. Man, Presley, he was kicking the ball in the bucket last night. Coach T put that pressure on him, said, man, our special teams, our punter need to do better. And he said, you know what, Coach T, I'm going to put that in my memory bank. Watch what I do on Monday night when everybody in the world watching. <laughs> he was dropping that thing in a bucket. Yeah, I want to see when the Steelers drafted him, he had a bunch of clips of him showing his personality and his swag when he pins right. a team deep. I want to see more of that, Ike. Yeah, me too. Me too. He, 
for for some people it just takes longer to show their personality. And off of that game last night, um, he needs to start start showing more of it because he balled out last night. As impressive as the punts were to Boswell had a 50-yard field goal yep. that he hit through, and it wasn't the best snap from Christian Kuntz and Harvin it was able to get the, the ball down in a place where Boswell could knock it through. I thought it was Harvin's best game as a Steeler last night. Uh, I mean, since we're talking about special teams, it's three phases to a football team, offense, defense, and special teams. The reason why you put the special in front of the team because you only get one shot, and that one play can determine and win or lose you ball game. So to be a special teamser says a lot. To be a special team coach, if you just look at the sideline marks, special team coaches are wired differently. They know the roster better than anybody in that organization yeah. because they got to evaluate whether it's the quarterback all the way down to the defense lineman who could possibly play on this special teams and they don't have a headset all you get is coach danny chewing gum on the sideline all day <laughs> every day but he's the most wired every special team coach i had was the most wired coach because they understand you put the special in front of the team and it just takes one play yeah I, i'll get some big league chew and we can do our next believe in steelers show and i'll do my best danny smith impersonation does that sound no, all right but, with you yes sir all right. All right. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick with the chest injury. We'll probably learn more today when Mike Tomlin speaks with media members. Uh, right. Steelers week three headed to Vegas. Ike, we said this in our 90 second reach TV promo spot. You can check us out there. It's going to be a very similar recipe in week three as it was in week two, because in week two, you had to stop Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett. The Raiders have their own trio in Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. Before we even start, man, since we're going to Vegas, and you know in Vegas, a lot of good things going on, especially when it gets down to the betting side. So make sure y'all do go to betonline.ag since the Pittsburgh Steelers are headed to Vegas. But on the flip side, when you want to talk some football, it's going to be the same recipe. And honestly, it's going to be which defense plays better. But from my mind and my perspective, Mark, with Kenny, I'll play Jimmy. Mm, okay. Quarterback battle. Raiders also one and one. They're coming off a loss to the Bills. Ike, as a player, do you wish that you had ever had the opportunity to play in Vegas? Because when you were in the league, Ike, uh, the Raiders were still in Oakland. Too, too much, too much. I had, I had a long leash. Coach T gave me a long leash. Vegas, I, I would, hell, I, I, I cut up in Wyoming, let alone Vegas. <laughs> so just, nope. Nope. See, I, I know me. I know me, Mark. Just, just, let me, just let me be. Nah, I'm good with him. I visit. Being in the front office, I'll be at the game. I'll go ahead on visit. But far as like a player, nope, 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 nope. If I can cut up in Alaska while I was playing and we was hot and we was winning Super Bowls and everybody knew us and still to this day they know me, what the heck you think I'm going to do when I get to Vegas, Mark? Nope. No, no. And, I, and Coach T gave me a long leash. No, no. Sometimes sometimes she let me take it off. No, 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 no. Leave that Vegas for the offseason fight. Uh, the Taylor talking quote book, I cut up in Wyoming. <laughs> Incredible. 
What for real? I cut up in Wyoming, Idaho. Put drop me anywhere in the world. And the stuff I do, you can't believe. Like I can't believe he did this in Wyoming. Ike, I hope our listeners and viewers get as much delight out of this part of the show as I did. Um, honestly, I don't think we have anything else to get to, Ike. I think this is a great place to wrap. <laughs> this is a great place to wrap. I want to thank you, uh, the Believe Network, today's presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, go subscribe on YouTube. Give us five stars, Apple and Spotify. Uh, Ike Taylor swagging you. You're the absolute best, my friend. Man, I appreciate you. I want to thank Mark as well. Uh, my brother, Mark, as as we say, want to thank Mark Believe and Steelers Podcast. want to thank betonline.ag for rocking with us since day one. Make sure y'all go to YouTube and subscribe us. Please give us that five-star piece on Apple Podcasts. want to thank all the viewers and listeners, listeners for always tuning in, man. We appreciate the love. So I'll let Mark wrap it up. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for watching Believe in Steelers. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care. It's so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.